Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Of course, this is the first Sunday of 2020. We're introducing the theme. We're going to be preaching from this verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. And it's about growth, that we would grow, that we as individuals would grow, we as a collective would grow, maybe your ministry would grow. It's about growth, and growth is exciting. Growth gives new possibilities, and and that's a, a big part of growth is being able to see what is possible after you grow up into uh, a new uh, level or a new stage of life or you grow in maturity. Now, I went to uh, Legoland uh, with, uh, with my daughter. At the time, I only had one daughter, and um, we went to Legoland, and we had a lot of fun, and we were walking around, and, and uh, we saw a lot of things. There were uh, friends of ours and their kids, and you know, a lot of their kids were older, so they're going around and going to all these different things. My kid was really small, really young, and uh, so she wasn't able to do a whole lot. And uh, most of the big rides, I knew we wouldn't be able to do it. We even went into one of these shows. It was a little bit scary for her. You know, it was pretty normal for me, but pretty scary for her. So, it was, you know, I was holding her through the whole thing. And, I, you know, I was thinking it's nice to be here. It's nice to be with friends. It's nice that my, you know, my child gets to run around and, and uh, you know, play with some of her peers and things like that. And, uh, but, but she wasn't able to really ride on any of the rides. But we got to one of the smallest rides. We got to the smallest ride, and uh, some of the little kids, you know, some of our peers, they were going on the ride. And so I was thinking, oh, you know what, this is a ride that she'd be able to do. And uh, so we stood in line, and we went over there. And, you know, my, my daughter's young. She's, she's not that tall. And, uh, you know, they bring out that measuring stick, you know. They got this little thing that has a stand and a pole, and at the end of the pole is this little thing that sticks out. And when you stand underneath it, your head has to hit the pole. Right? That means you're tall enough to ride the ride. And I remember thinking as I saw it and as I saw my daughter, I was like, oh, this is going to be close. And I really hope that she's able to do it. And she went over there and she cleared the bar. By, by this much, she was not over the bar, but under the bar. She walked right underneath it. And uh, I was like, oh, she's so close. And the, and the guy is standing there looking at me. You know, he kind of feels bad, you know, but he's got a job to do. And I was like, come on, you got to, you know, she's a little kid. I'm going to ride with her and everything. But he's like, oh, but she's just not quite tall enough, you know. <laughs> you can tell he feels bad, but he's trying to do his job. And, you know, after a while, I was like, you know what, okay, all right, it's all right. It's not worth fighting over or anything. And so we walked over, and, I, you know, I just remember thinking, man, if she was just a little bit taller, she'd be able to get on that ride. If she, if she had grown just a little bit more, then she would have been able to get on that ride. Then she would have been able to do what some of the others were doing. I wonder if that's sometimes how God looks at us as Christians. And if you had grown just a little bit more, oh, you could have you gone here. If you, if you were just a little bit more mature, if you were just a little bit more stronger, if you were just a little bit taller quote-unquote, as a Christian, if you were just, if you had grown just a little bit more, you could have got on. You could have got on the ride. You could have seen some things. You could have had some, some excitement. You could have done some of the other things. And, and sometimes I wonder if God is, is looking at us thinking, ah, I really want you to get on this ride, but ah, you're, just, you're just not quite there yet. I know what's over there. There's some exciting things. 
but you're just not quite there yet. When you get there, oh, you're going to love it. And it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. You're going to see some new things. You're going to be able to talk about those things, but, but you're not quite there yet. I wonder if that's how God looks at us as his little children. Oh, not, 2019 was great, but if you grow just a little bit more this year, you're going to have some exciting things. If you grow a little bit more, there's going to be some new possibilities. There's going to be some excitement and some things that you weren't able to do before, some things you weren't able to see before. I think that's what God has in mind for us as individuals, as Christians, in growth. God wants us to grow. We as a church, we need to grow. Every single one of us have gotten to where we are by growing. Every single one of us, when we got saved, we were born again as baby Christians. We all started as babies. I, I, I read the story about a group of tourists that were going through this village, and uh, they were walking through a very picturesque scene, but not a big town or anything. And, and uh, clearly one of the, one of the men was uh, not that, you know, uh, impressed with the city. And so he just saw an old man sitting over there and went over to him and he asked him, oh, are there any great men that were born in this village? And the old man, sensing the sarcasm, said, no, only babies were born here. You know, sometimes we think about, oh, these men, wow, they're so great. They're so powerful. They have great prestige. David, look at him. He took down Goliath. You look at Peter. He walked on water. Look at Paul and how many churches he started. Every one of them started as a baby. Every one of them grew from where they were to where they got to. And that's God's plan for every one of us. Every one of us were born as baby Christians. We had to feed on the milk of the word, and as we grew stronger, and as we grew more mature, we were able to take in some more, you know, heavy material and, and uh, nutrition, and be able to take that and to grow, and, and God wants us all to grow. Every one of us, as long as we're here on earth, it is God's will for us to grow, for us to make some steps in the right direction. I see some vital components to growth in this passage today. First of all, I see that when we grow, we have the right speech. We have the right speech. But speaking the truth in love. We need a speech that is correct, that is true. We need a speech that is true. And usually when we say we need to speak the truth, a lot of times we think of we need to speak truthfully. Right? We need to speak truthfully, right? We need to speak truthfully. We need to be honest with our words, and we need to be, you know, upfront, not deceptive and all of these things. But when the Bible is saying, speaking the truth in love, it's not just saying that we need to be honest and speak truthfully. He's saying literally, speak the truth. In the Bible, we know, sanctify them through thy Word, thy word is truth. God has given us his word so that we could grow. We have the Bible in our hands so that we could grow. We preach from it, we read it, we quote it, we memorize it so that we could grow. And there are ingredients there that are necessary for our growth. When I was in, in New Jersey, I was working with uh, somebody over there who had some experience as a salesman. 
and worked as a salesman for a long time and put his way through Bible college and did all of these things. And, and one of the things that he sold was lawn care. And he would go door to door and he would sell people this package of, you know, you get the right fertilizer, they come out and they fertilize your lawn and they do all of the things that you need to in order to make your lawn look great. And uh, so he would go around and door to door and he would knock on all these doors. And, and it was interesting as we would go door to door and we're inviting people to our church and we're soul winning and, and sharing the gospel with people. He would just randomly point at a lawn and say, oh, that lawn is missing phosphorus. I was like, really? I didn't know that grass needed phosphorus. And he said, yeah, it's missing phosphorus because you see the color? You see, you see that? That means that it's missing this or that. I don't even know if that's what it was, but I, I just remember him pointing out, oh, this, this lawn over here, they need some more of this. And he would talk about, like, nitrogen. He'd talk about phosphorus. He'd talk about some different things. I, I went back uh, recently, and I looked it up, and apparently grass needs about 13 different minerals for full growth, and six of them they need in great quantity. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, sulfur, and, and calcium. If you're going to have a lawn that looks great, that looks good, it needs all of those things. You need some phosphorus, you need some nitrogen, you need some, some of those things. And, and based on the way that it grows and maybe the color or things like that, somebody can tell, hey, that lawn is missing some nitrogen. That lawn is missing this, this ingredient. You need all of them if you're going to have a healthy-looking lawn. And God has given to us his word that has all of the ingredients that we need for spiritual growth. God has given to us a word that is full of every single mineral, if you will, spiritual mineral that we need in order to grow. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Not every word of God is exactly the same. Some of it is encouraging. Some of it is uplifting. Some of it is rebuking, though. Amen? We need some encouragement in our lives, don't we? We need encouragement. We need to be encouraged to go to church. We need to be encouraged to live for God. We need to be encouraged to, to obey God's word. We need that encouragement. But on the other hand, sometimes we also need some rebuke. Not as many amens as the encouragement part, right? We need encouragement. Yes, amen. We need encouragement. We also need rebuke. Well, but we need rebuke sometimes, right? Sometimes we need God's word to be pointed at our face and say, this is wrong in your life. We need that sometimes, right? We need that in order to grow. Sometimes we need the rebuke from God's word so that we can grow. Hey, this is a limiting factor in your Christian walk. You need to stop that. You need to stop going there. You need to stop saying that. You need to stop thinking that. You need to stop acting that way. You need to fix your attitude. You need to fix that relationship, whatever the case might be. Sometimes we need some rebuke. Sometimes we need encouragement. Whatever it is that we need, though, it's all in God's word. And God has given to us the word in order that we would grow so we should speak the truth. But we also need a speech that is compassionate. Not just speaking the truth, but speaking the truth in love. We need to hear the truth, but we also need to hear the truth in love. The delivery system of the truth matters. 
The delivery of the truth matters. How truth gets communicated matters. I was reading about a, a study that was published a couple years ago uh, from some people in uh, Kumamoto University. It was published two years ago about a drug delivery system for anti-malarial drugs. I'm not a scientist, so I don't really totally understand everything that, you know, that they did. But it's interesting, just reading the abstract, some of the things that they mentioned. So what they said was, the existing treatment for malaria is taken orally and has three main problems. Number one, most anti-malarial drugs are broken down in the stomach. Number two, the drugs have a strong side effect. And number three, the medicine stays in the body for only a short time. And so these researchers, they came up with something that is a, according to their words, a porous silica material. I don't even know everything of what that means or how it gets delivered. But what's interesting is their conclusion. What they said was because they chose a different delivery system, the release time of the anti-malarial medicine became very long, one week or longer. And compared to the typical medicine that is used for malaria, its efficiency is, according to their words, 20 to 240 times more effective. And number three, they also said that this delivery system is non-toxic, doesn't have some side effects. So what they're saying is basically, if you take the standard medicine and you just take it orally, like a pill, you just have a glass of water, you take the pill, you drink it, you, you take it in, it's going to have an effect. But if you had a better delivery system, it would be more effective. It would last longer. It would be more effective. And that's what they're trying to say. You know what? God's word is true no matter what. Amen? God's word is true no matter how it gets delivered. But if you would speak it in love, it just might work a little better. Amen? If you spoke it in love, it just might work a little better. Now there's two sides of this. Knowing that truth, on the one hand, if you are the one receiving the truth, sometimes we get caught up in the delivery, don't we? Well, I know what he's saying is true, but man, he was really mean about it, right? Sure, th that definitely doesn't feel good. And you know what most people's instant reaction is? Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do what he told me to do. I don't care if it's true or not, but because of the way that he said it, I just don't want to do it anymore. But on the receiving end, we should be honest and say, okay, is it true or is it not? Okay, focus on the truth. Focus on the word. Is it true? On the other hand, if we are the ones speaking, we need to focus on the truth and the love. We need to focus on the truth and the delivery system. That's why it takes a more mature Christian to be able to effectively communicate God's word. Because anybody can say the truth, right? Right? Anybody can say the truth. But to speak the truth in love, oh, that's not as easy to do. That's, that's a little bit harder to do. That's why we need to grow, amen? 
We need to grow in love. Why? Because we have a truth that will work if we could just get it to people, if we could communicate it with people, if we could speak the truth in love. Lastly, we also see that the speech needs to be communicated. We're talking about growth, and the theme of our church for this year is grow up into him. Of course, the beginning of the verse doesn't start that way. It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Notice it doesn't say, but hearing the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. It didn't say that, did it? That's not what God said. God did not say, but hearing the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. What God chose to say was, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Now, you're here probably to hear the truth of God's word, right? Right? I hope that that's why you're here. I hope that that's why you came to church, was so that you would come and hear the truth of God's word. That's very important. I'm glad that you're here for that. But if you're going to grow as God wants you to grow, you can't just hear, you got to speak. You can't just come as a participant being entertained. you got to participate. you got to speak it as well as hear it. Does that make sense? You can't just sit there and hear and hear and hear. At some point, you got to speak it if we're going to grow. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Sometimes speech can be a good indicator. Right? Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Sometimes we need to talk. You know why? Because we need to know what's really in our hearts. What we say is what we think about. What we think about is what we talk about. What we talk about is what we think about. What we think about is what we talk about. So what do you talk about? This past week, what did you talk about? You talked about what you were thinking about. Now the question is, are you thinking about what you should be thinking about? Are you saying what you should be saying? Hey, the words are a great indicator. Also, I think that speech is a great illuminator. I think probably every single person alive has had a time when they had an idea in their head, and it's like the best idea ever. Or they think it's a great idea. And you want to share it with somebody. And the moment that you say it, even you realize, wait, hold on a second, that sounded a lot better in my head. Right? You ever been there? Right? You, you had an idea, and you told a friend, and as soon as you said it, even you realize, oh, I, I think I overhyped this idea a little bit. Sometimes an idea sounds really great in our head. But it's when we say it that we, can, we, we learn a little bit about how great an idea is. And I think that's important. But here's the most important thing for our speech, which is there is instruction for us to speak. There is a command for us to speak, but speaking the truth in love. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach. 
all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. God's plan is for his people to hear the word of God and to give it out. That's his plan. That's his command. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The expectation of God is that you would be taught so that you could teach. The expectation of God for his children is that you would be taught so that you can teach. Amen? There is an expectation for every believer to open his mouth and to speak the truth in love. There is a command that is given that we ought to teach. We ought to preach the gospel. and We ought to teach the words and, and be able to help people. We might call it discipleship. We might call it a life connection class. We might call it a worship service. We might just call it you know, two friends together encouraging one another in the faith. But whatever the case might be, you will never grow as much as you need to grow until you speak the truth in love. You will limit your own growth when you don't speak the truth in love. So we need to be participants in this, amen? Now, not, not everybody's going to be a preacher. Not everybody's going to be a life connection teacher. That's not what we're talking about. All we're talking about is, hey, let's, let's, let's speak the truth in love. When we're in our homes, let's speak the truth in love. You know, if you have kids, it's a great opportunity. I love our, our kids' teachers and workers over there in the nursery. I really appreciate them because I know that they take time, they prepare some materials, and they teach a lesson from God's word, and my daughter comes home with things. And she brings them over to me, and she says, look, look at this. And I say, what is that? And uh, sometimes she doesn't know, but I can see based on what the teacher wrote. Oh, this is a story about Daniel, or this is a story about David, or this is a story about you know, Zacchaeus, or whatever the case might be. And, and it gives a great opportunity to speak the truth to her in love. And we can talk about God's word. We can communicate, and, and that helps her to grow, and that helps me to grow as well. If we are going to fully reach our potential of growth, we need to speak the truth in love. Secondly, what I see is that we need to have the right speech, but we also need to have the right scope. We need to have the right scope. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, what are the next three words? In all things. In how many things? all things. We are to grow in Christ in all things. In every area of life that God has called us to, we are to grow. You know, there's a lot of things in life that are pretty specialized, right? I don't know how you are, but when it comes to restaurants, I want to go to, I don't want to go to a restaurant that serves everything. Right? I want, if I want a great taco, you know where I'm going? I'm going to the best taco place I can find. They don't serve anything but tacos, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm going there. Right? You want great seafood? I'm not just going anywhere for seafood. Right? I want to go to a seafood restaurant. 
right? If I want a steak, I'm going to steakhouse. Lots of restaurants serve steak. I've made a lot of orders of steak at places that were not steakhouse, and every time I was disappointed. So when I want a steak, I go to a steakhouse. That's, that's what I do. A lot of restaurants are specialized. A lot of stores are specialized. And sometimes even we can think as a Christian that we also should be specialized. But if we are going to grow as much as God wants us to grow, we need to grow in all things. In all things, we need to grow. Every one of us has strengths and weaknesses, right? Every one of us has a natural way of thinking. Every one of us has a natural perspective in life. Every one of us has natural talents and abilities. And God wants us to use those abilities and, and uh, just who we are as individuals to fit the body, right? The example that God gives for the church is that we are a body. We are all body members. If you're a member of Bible Baptist Church, you are a member, uh, a body part, if you will, of the body of Bible Baptist Church. And every part is specialized, right? The elbow is very specialized. It has one job. You take the arm that is straight and you bend it this way. That's it. That's your el the elbow's one job is this. Bend the arm. That's it. No other job. All right? <laughs> bend. All right. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job, right? You know? And you have knees that do the same thing. All right? Your ears have one job. Just listen. That's it. That's all you got to do. You don't got to do anything else. You don't have to move. You don't have to do anything. Just listen. Right? Every body part has, you know, for the most part, specialized duties and responsibilities. And, and we as a church, a lot of us are that way too, right? Somebody just has one job. Teach a class. Somebody just has one job. Welcome people as they come in. Somebody has a job. Help clean the church. I mean, every one of us has a job. Every one of us has a mission. Every one of us has a place in the body of Christ but there are certain things that can never be neglected no matter how specialized your responsibility in the church. Because God made it clear that we are to grow up into him in all things. In all things, we are to grow in Christ. It's not okay for us to just say, well, that's not my job, that's somebody else's job, if God wants us to grow in it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and it gives a list of nine fruit. Or maybe if you want to put it this way, nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit. The first is love. Every one of us should grow in love. Amen? Because if we're going to grow, we need to speak the truth in love. Amen? We need to grow in love. And there's no Christian here that could say, well, love is just, that's, that's not my thing. I'm just not a loving person. That's somebody else's job. Right. That's my wife's job. My wife's job is, is she's the loving part. I'm, I'm not the loving part. I speak the truth. She does the love, right? That's not how it works, right? We all need to grow in love. The fruit of the Spirit is love and then joy. Well, somebody over there, they're just naturally happy. That's just their personality. They're just happy all the time. They smile and things like that. But I'm not like that, okay? I'm much more serious. But we still need to be joyful, amen? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Hey, can we be joyful Christians? Okay, come on. Can we be joyful Christians? 
Amen, of course we can be, right? Should we grow in joy? I think we need to based on that response, right? We need to grow in joy. Grow in love and grow in joy. Grow in peace. How many of us have some fear in our hearts? How many of us have some anxieties? We're anxious about a few things. We, we got some things on the inside. We could all grow in peace, right? Long-suffering. How many of us can grow in patience? We could all grow in patience. Be more patient, like our God. Oh, when you see the Old Testament, I hope that you get the right idea. A lot of people look at the Old Testament and think that God is judging and, and God is, you know, going to bring down judgment and, and wrathful. But when you see the timetable of the Old Testament, what you should see is God is long-suffering. Oh, the children of Israel were in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time for God to be patient when you see the judges in, in the, the book of Judges, boy, it was a long period of time when they were living in sin and, and God was patient not just for a day, not just for a week or a month or a year, but years, decades sometimes before God finally said, all right, enough is enough. And, and I hope that you get the idea that God is patient. God is long-suffering. And we need to grow in long-suffering as well. We need to grow in patience. Fifthly, the fifth fruit is gentleness. Everyone, we could, we could grow in gentleness. Right? Sometimes we're a little bit too rough with things. You know, sometimes we say, I just give it to it straight. You know, I just say it straight. Well, sometimes you're just not being gentle about it. Right? We could all grow in that area. The next fruit is goodness. We need to grow in doing good. Faith and faithfulness. Meekness carries with it the idea of coming from humility, being under control, not fighting. We could all grow in humility, amen? We could all grow in humility, grow in temperance, grow in self-control. Every one of us could grow in those areas. We need to grow in those areas. In fact, if we are going to grow as God wants us to grow, we need to grow in all of those areas. Grow up into him in all things. We could grow up as witnesses amen i think every one of us could be a better light every one of us could be a a better witness testify of what jesus did for us and what jesus did for the whole world every one of us could grow in that i think every one of us could grow in in service in some way maybe we could be more effective maybe you need to serve a little bit more we could grow to be more like jesus christ that's the goal after all right more like Jesus. You know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Right? Sometimes we can be guilty of expecting that everybody should come to us. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus came to seek. Jesus went out there. Jesus was the one who was looking. Instead of waiting, well, I, the other person, you know, they, they were the one that did wrong. I'm not going to apologize until they apologize to me first. Hey, how about let's go, let's go be the seeker. Let's go find them. Hey, let's go find the person who's lost and witness to them. Hey, let's go find the Christian who maybe hasn't been here for a little bit. We're wondering, where is this person? They need to be here. I hope that they're okay. Let me, let me reach out to them. Let me give them a call. Let me give them a text. Let me go give a, a visit. Let's uh, invite them out to coffee or something. Uh, every one of us, we can all grow to be more like Jesus in all things. That is what God wants for us to do. And if we're going to grow in all things, how are we going to do it? By speaking the truth in love. 
speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things. So when we grow, we have the right speech, we have the right scope, and lastly, we have the right service. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, we all want God to work. We all want God to work in our lives. We want God to work in our families. We want God to work in our ministry. We want God to work in our church. We want God to work in the heart of a loved one that we know is lost but needs to be saved. We want God to work in their heart. We want God to work all around the world. And we want God to work. I'm sure every one of you wants God to work. But let me ask you this. What are the instruments or tools or avenues that God uses to get his work done? Because everybody who's got a job, they got tools. Even if you work in an office, you got tools. You have a computer, you have a phone, you have pad and paper even, you have tools. If you're a carpenter, you have tools. You're an electrician, you have tools. You're a plumber, you have tools. You're a truck driver, you have a tool. Your truck is a tool in order to get the job done. Now, God wants to work as well. And God could do it all on his own, without us. But God has chosen to use certain tools to get the work done. It says again, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So Christ is the head, right? Christ is the head of what? Of the body. And the body is the church. So Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. Verse 16, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now, Jesus is the head, the church is the body, right? We are the body. So here is the example that God uses, that Jesus is the head, the church is the body. Now, let's use our own body. How many of you made New Year's resolutions this year? Anybody make New Year's resolutions? Okay, I made it. Okay, just a couple people. Okay, not that many. All right. I made some resolutions. I don't always make New Year's resolutions, but this year I decided I was going to make some resolutions. Me and my wife, we talked a little bit about our, our resolutions, and so we have some resolutions. So I have some ideas in mind for what I want for the next year. I have some goals. Right? Maybe you don't have New Year's resolutions, but you should all have goals. Amen? Right? If you're a student, you should have a goal. Right? Graduating, that's a great goal if you're a student. Amen? Right? If you're working, maybe you have a goal. I want to reach a certain position. I want to reach a certain salary level. I want to be in this industry or whatever the case might be. As a family, you might have a goal. I want to be able to purchase a home or I want to be able to do this or I want to be able to go vacation. Or We all have goals. You have some ideas. You have some thoughts. How are you going to accomplish those ideas you have in your head? How do you accomplish? You have some great ideas in your head, but until something actually happens, it's just in your head. It's not in the real world. It's just in your head. 
how does it get from your head into the world? It gets from your head into the world through your body, right? I have a great idea. I want to hang out with somebody. How am I going to accomplish that? I'm going to use my hand to pick up the phone, dial the number, and then I'm going to use my mouth and speak into it to ask this guy, hey, you want to go get some coffee? You want to hang out on a Saturday? You want to you know, go get dinner after work or whatever the case might be? You use the body parts to accomplish the idea that you have in your head, right? That's, how, that's the outworking of everything, of all of your thoughts. And we know that God wants to do some great things, amen? Our God is great. Our God wants to do some great things. I love the verse, Mark chapter 12, verse number, uh, number 11. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. You know God wants to do some marvelous things for you? God wants to do some marvelous things for your family. God wants to do some marvelous things in your ministry and in your church. And God wants to do some marvelous things in the world. But how is God going to do that? How does God accomplish his will? He uses the body. Jesus is the head. The church is the body. He has some great things that he wants to do, and he's going to accomplish them through the body. He uses people. Amen? We all say, I want God to do some great things. And God says, all right, I want to do it through you. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. I, no, I, I, I don't want to participate. I just want to see you do some great things, God. And God says, no, 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 you're a body part. I have some great things. I want to do it through you. I have put you in the body so that I can accomplish some great things through you. That's God's plan. That's God's will. God's will is to accomplish his work through you and me. When you look at the Bible and you see the working of God, of course we know that God did many supernatural things, but God used people. When people needed to be reached, what did he do? He sent other people. Philip went to uh, reach Nathaniel. Andrew reached his brother Peter. Philip reached the Ethiopian eunuch. He used people. In the Old Testament, people needed help. People needed deliverance. How did he accomplish that? He sent a person. The children of Israel were in Egypt, in bondage for 400 years. How did he deliver them? He sent Moses. There was a, the Philistines on the other side of the valley, and Goliath was coming out challenging the armies of the living God. Day after day after day, for 40 days, he was challenging. What did God do? He sent a little shepherd boy. God could have just struck Goliath down dead in a moment. He could have done that by himself, but he didn't. He chose to use a little shepherd boy. All throughout the book of Judges, you see that there are people that would come in and bring really judgment on the children of Israel. They would rule and reign and they would be persecuted. And it was a terrible time. And so God was going to deliver his people because they were praying to him. God, we're under oppression. Help us. And God said, I will help you by sending a person. I'm going to send a judge, Deborah. I'm going to send a judge, Samson. I'm going to send a judge, Samuel. I'm going to send a judge, Othniel. I'm going to send a judge, Gideon. I'm going to send some people. When there was sin all across the planet in the book of Genesis, what did God do in order to save 
people and to save the animals, he used a man. He used Noah. How did he reach people all around the world? He used the apostles, Paul, Peter, James, and John. He used them and he used other believers as well. We know that God wants to do some great things. And we want God to do some great things. But the question is, are you willing to obey God's command so that you could grow, so that you could accomplish his will? That's what this year is all about. That's what growth is all about. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Why? So that we as body parts could work out the will of God and see some wonderful things happen. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I. Send me. How many of us today would say, here am I, send me? I mean, I'm here. God, I want you to do some great things. And if you can use me, I'll let you use me. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm not ready to fight Goliath. I'm not ready to walk on water. I'm not ready to do any of these things. Well, maybe that's what 2020 is all about. It's saying in your heart, God, I want you to do some great things. And I know that your will is to do it through people. God, here am I, send me. God, maybe I'm not ready, but I need to grow. So I'm going to grow. And dedicate yourself to growing this upcoming year. So that when God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? You can say, I'll, I'll do that. I can do that. Maybe when a missionary comes and says, here is the burden that God has placed on my heart to be able to read some people with the gospel around the world. And they're asking, will you support me? Maybe you and your heart will be able to say, hey, you know what? This is the moment that I've been waiting for. Hey, this is something that I can do. Here am I. Send me, God. I'm going to commit to this, this individual. I'm going to commit to missions so that they can reach the gospel. Maybe there's somebody that needs to be saved. And you would say, I, I don't think I could witness. I don't know how to witness. I don't know any of these things. Maybe this is the year that you need to grow in that area. Maybe you need to grow in knowledge. Maybe you need to get into the Bible and say, you know what? If I'm going to lead somebody to the Lord, how am I going to lead them to the Lord? I need to speak the truth in love. What does God's word say about that? How does somebody get saved? What do they need? And if they ask a question, be able to say, you know what? I don't know the answer, but I know where the answer is. So I'm going to go study the Bible. Show myself approved unto God. Be able to show somebody, hey, this is what the Bible says about that situation that you were asking about. Now let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, you're a sinner. Just like me. Just like everybody else. We're all sinners. Every one of us has broken God's law. Every one of us, we have disobeyed God. And there are wages to sin. Hey, there are consequences for sin. And God has uh, built a place that was intended for the devil and his angels. But in, in following after his sin... We're going there. We're on our way to hell. We're on our way to destruction. But God loved us so much, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, you know what? You could be saved. Hey, that's your real problem. Hey, I know you've got some other problems, but this is a real issue. What does it matter if a man gained the whole world and yet lose his own soul? Hey, maybe that's what you need to do. Whatever the case might be, maybe you don't even know what it is that God wants for you to do this year through you, for you. 
Maybe you don't know. So you need to grow, right? And maybe that's why God says in the verse, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Why all things? Because you never know what's coming down the road. You don't know what's going to happen this year. Uh, you have some ideas of what you want to happen this year, but you don't know what's going to happen this year. That's why you need to grow up into him in all things, in every area. Maybe you're going to get challenged in a way you never thought you'd get challenged. You need to grow in that way, in an area where that will be able to handle that situation. So 2020, the theme of our church is grow up into him. Hey, we need to grow this year, amen? As individuals, we need to grow. As a church, we need to grow. Our ministries, we need to grow. Spiritually, we need to grow. I'm sure numerically we need to grow, be able to see people to be saved and added to the church. We need to grow in that way as well. Maybe we need to grow in our giving. Hey, maybe God wants us to support some more missionaries. Maybe God wants us to use that money in order to reach some lost people here in this area, here in the city of Gardena, whatever the case might be. Hey, let's make 2020 a year of growth. Hey, let's focus on individual growth and growth as a church. Let's pray.